Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Let's try something a little different. Hey, it's David, and you're listening to Leadership Without Losing Your Soul, your source for practical leadership inspiration, tools, and strategies you can use to achieve transformational results without sacrificing your humanity or your mind in the process. Welcome to season 11 of the show. So glad that you're here and uh, very excited about season 11 as we get going. I know that you're listening to the show because you are committed to human-centered leadership and we're all in progress. We're all growing. We're all learning. And I'm so grateful for you for listening and for your leadership, for the difference that you're making for the people on your team, in your organization, and in the larger world. And now I want to take a little bit deeper dive into the human or humanity part of human-centered leadership. And in season 11 here, I'm going to continue to bring you some of the the guests that you're accustomed to, some of the shorter episodes focused on answers to your questions or specific needs that I know are out there. And also want to use season 11 in a little bit different way. Um, partly centered around a new book that I've got coming out, which is not a strictly speaking leadership development book. Uh, It's called Tomorrow Together, Essays of Hope, Healing, and Humanity. And this is a collection of essays. And let's be real, the 21st century hasn't started the way that many of us expected it would. And we've got a, we're looking at a potent mix of, you know, this global pandemic that has happened, global warming, the resurgence of authoritarianism, white nationalism, and war that, again, threatens to consume the planet. And all of that, it can feel frustrating and hopeless. And those are just a few of the issues that are pervasive and into people's consciousness regularly. And with all of that going on, there's hope. I believe we've got the resources, the wisdom, and most importantly, we have one another. If we can find our way to one another. And these essays are all about that in different ways. Uh, They highlight moments of wonder, beauty, connection, friendship, cover everything from Maryland crabs to donkeys on an island in the South Caribbean, storms on mountains, the help of strangers, odd advice, strong emotions, the miracle of a modern meal, gas stations, travel adventure, so much more uh, that this collection of essays cover. But it's all about hope, healing, and humanity. That's the through line. That's the thread that runs through all of them. And uh, so I want to, over the course of season 11 here, take the opportunity to share a couple of those with you. And if if you find them meaningful, I would love if you could pick up a copy of Tomorrow Together. It's available on Amazon and everywhere else, and uh, it's available paperback or ebook. And share it with other people. These are really meant to be read and reflected on, yes, but also they're opportunities to start conversations. So Kevin Cruz, who has been on the show before, um, New York Times bestselling author, the CEO of LeadX, the way that he described it, he said, the book's filled with love, hard-earned wisdom, and thought-provoking questions. 
Tomorrow Together is a joy to read and a catalyst for meaningful conversations with friends, family, and the strangers with whom we'll build the future. So there you go. Commercial, a little bit of a commercial, Tomorrow Together. It's available now, and uh, I hope that you'll be able to pick up a copy. But I'll definitely be sharing some of those stories and essays on the show as we go. And I'll also note, as a good friend told me who read it, who's known me most of my life, still learned quite a bit about me that he didn't even know. So there's those opportunities to, if you're interested in my story and my journey, there is some of that there as well. All right, so I want to start with the first essay in the book. It's called A Together Future, and I start with a quote from Carl Sagan. This is from his essay, Pale Blue Dot, A Vision of the Human Future in Space. And he says, The earth is the only world known so far to harbor life. There is nowhere else, at least in our near future, to which our species could migrate. Visit, yes. Settle, not yet. Like it or not, for the moment, earth is where we make our stand. And I contend that Carl Sagan's Pale Blue Dot is the most important piece of writing in the 20th century. He wrote it in response to seeing a view of our planet taken from Voyager 1, the satellite that was sent out as it neared the edge of the solar system. So it turns around, it looks back at the solar system that it's leaving, and Earth is a tiny dot of light from the edge of the solar system. That's all you can see. He says, look again at that dot as he begins the essay. That's here. That's home. Sagan's description of all human history, of all known life, it's haunting, it's humbling, and awe-inspiring. That dot, that what he calls mote of dust suspended in a sunbeam, is all we have. That dot, and one another. Melba Beals was one of the Little Rock Nine, the first nine black students who registered to attend the formerly all-white Central High School in Little Rock, Arkansas. In her memoir, Warriors Don't Cry, she wrote, The task that remains is to cope with our interdependence, to see ourselves reflected in every other human being, and to respect and honor our differences. Interdependence. It's one of those words that can mean so much. John Green describes it easily as, All life is dependent upon other life, and the closer we consider what constitutes living, the harder life becomes to define. In short, we need one another. The only real future we have is one that involves all of us. But that's hard work. Back when I was a local elected official, uh, city council member, one of my assignments was to represent our city on a task force dedicated to four miles of road. At the time, those four miles of South Colorado Boulevard were the most heavily trafficked stretch of road in the entire state of Colorado. And the task force uh, was formed and included elected officials, real estate developers, school administrators, business chamber leaders, and people from every jurisdiction, department, or group with a stake in reducing traffic and making the road more usable for everybody. And we considered so many different options localized mass transit, shuttles, lanes that could change directions, carpool clubs, ride shares, and this was in the days before Uber or Lyft, metering, 
and, and many other different options. And it was interesting work until I realized we were doomed to fail. And the realization happened one day because I heard one member emphasizing the need to reduce traffic because, and this was his quote, it takes me 30 minutes to drive those four miles. And the dozens of committee members all nodded in sympathy. Well, most of them nodded. I didn't nod because I couldn't empathize. It wasn't because I was virtuous, but I didn't own a car. I was still in college, supporting my sister, and was, I was able to either walk, take public transit, or get a ride when I needed to. My eco-friendly transportation wasn't virtue, it was economics. As soon as I saved enough money, I bought my first car, which was a blue Dodge Colt. But as everyone nodded their sympathy at the frustrating gridlock, a light went on for me. I raised my hand and I asked a question. I'm curious, I said, who did not drive to today's meeting? One person raised her hand. She was an elected representative who diligently tried to use the services that she supported. The only other person who hadn't driven to the meeting was me. Again, it wasn't virtue. The the meeting was only three blocks from where I lived, so I'd walked. And I didn't have a car anyway. The group looked at me curiously. Thank you, I said. I ask because as we've been discussing options, it seems like our goal is to get cars off the road. They nodded again, but they were less patient this time, as they felt I was just stating the obvious. Other people's cars, I continued. We're trying to get other people to stop driving so that we can drive faster. Maybe you start to see the problem here. Well, it seems to me that that those other people are going to feel the same way. The only way any of this will work is if we create solutions that we would all use instead of our cars because they make more sense to us. And the conversation petered out, eventually found its way back to the predetermined agenda items. But it was a good lesson for me. The only future that will work is one we build together for all of us. And I recognize that defining what will work is challenging. You know, as humans, we tend to consider ourselves unique and special, different from those other people. And from a leadership perspective, it holds equally true. Would whatever we're doing work for you and for every member of your team? It's a critical question and one we often overlook. The task is to cope with our interdependence. Like it or not, for the moment, Earth is where we make our stand. I will leave you there for this episode. If you want more of these sorts of episodes, let me know. David.die at letsgrowleaders.com or you can go to leadershipwithoutlosingyoursoul.com and there's a big orange button you can hit and you can just record a message and leave that for me. We've been talking about Tomorrow Together, Essays of Hope, Healing, and Humanity. Hope you'll pick up a copy, leave a review if you can. And until next time, Be the leader you'd want your boss to be. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.